0: All right, well, turn in your Bibles to the book of Genesis, chapter 13, I always try to keep something prepared if if Pastor Stone can't be here and he calls on me to come have adult Bible study with you. And where I always have something prepared for the teenagers, um, I have this message here and and rather than what i had for you it's it's going to be what i had for them and it's going to be a little adjustment in it because i usually get a lot of interaction out of them and take time for that so just bear with me as we as we go through this tonight and we're going to talk about light we're going to talk about light and i'm going to go ahead and read chapter 13 and then we're going to get started with a with an event in the bible that a lot of us are are very familiar with it says and Abram went up out of Egypt; he and his wife, and all that he had, and lot with him, into the south. And Abram's son, and, and Abram was very rich in cattle, in silver, and in gold. And he went on his journey from the south, even to Bethel, unto the place where his tent had been at the beginning, between Bethel and Hai, unto the place of the altar which he had made there at the first. And there Abram called on the name of the Lord. And Lot also, which went with Abram, had flocks and herds and tents. And the land was not able to bear them that they might dwell together, for their substance was great, so that they could not dwell together. And there was a strife between the herdmen of Abram's cattle and the herdmen of Lot's cattle, and the Canaanite and the Perizzite dwelled Then in the land, and Abram said unto Lot, Let there be no strife, I pray thee, between me and thee, and between my herdsmen and thy herdsmen, for we be brethren." Is not the whole land before thee? Separate thyself, I pray thee, from me. If thou wilt take the left hand, then I will go to the right. Or if thou depart to the right hand, then I will go to the left. And Lot lifted up his eyes, and beheld all the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere, before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Even as the gardens of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as thou camest unto Zoar, Then Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan, and Lot journeyed east, and they separated themselves the one from the other." Abram dwelled in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelled in the cities of the plain, and pitched his tent toward Sodom. But the men of Sodom were wicked, and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. And the Lord said unto Abram, after that Lot was separated from him, Lift up now thine eyes, and look from the place where thou art northward, and southward, and eastward, and westward, for all the land which thou seest. To thee will I give it, and to thy seed forever. And I will make thy seed as the dust of the earth, so that if a man can number the dust of the earth, there shall be thy seed also be numbered. Arise, walk through the land in the length of it, and in the breadth of it, for I will give it unto thee. Then Abram removed his tent, and came and dwelt in the plain of Mamre, which is in Hebron, and built there an altar unto the Lord. Different things come to mind as we go to train our minds to be prepared for a lesson uh, for all of us too. And I I think of a time when, time to pick on my mother-in-law. She wanted to go hang out at a place called Leah's drive-in, I think it was. Some of you might be familiar with that. It's down toward Houston Way. I see see a few hands going up. I'm, I'm sh- I don't know anything about it. I'm sure it's a nice place for fun. I think you could walk up to the window and order a burger, or something like that, some kind of drive-in restaurant thing. And people like to hang out there at night. And and a lot of it was innocent, good, clean fun, I'm sure. But, but I think sometimes some things went on that, that weren't so good. And and my mother-in-law wanted to go, and her dad said no. She said, why? He said, well, there's some, some things that might go on down there late at night that you don't need to be a part of. She said, I'm not going to be a part of it. I'm not going to do those things. I just want to go. And he said, he said, no, you don't even need to be around it if, if they're going to do some things. And so, and so her dad was, uh, he was, he was not on her uh, favorite list that night. But the next day, he looked like a genius because supposedly the police officers showed up down there and they arrested several people or at least took people down, several people down to the police station. Whether they were innocent or whether they partook in it or not didn't matter. They all ended up going. I can, I can relate to that. I used to hang out at Gerlands on Sheldon Road in I-10 when I was a teenager. And again, it was some good, clean fun. And there were some really bad things that went on down there. And if the police showed up and if they found anything that, that just caught their attention and made them have to get after people, then, then you either ran out of sight or, or you were caught and you were taken down to the station, no matter if you were innocent of partaking in the things or not. And I say all that to, to say this. It just kind of reminds me of Lot. A little bit, and 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 everything that Lot went through in this situation, Lot being with Abram, and and you know how all of this played out. That that. Nephew Lot was with Uncle Abram and and here they they got, they had some wealth together and and he learned a lot from Abram he learned a lot of godliness from Abraham and and he also learned how to have a herd and have these flocks and the and the the herds got so big that there wasn't room for both of them and the, the herdsmen were they were arguing with each other and it was just time to split up. And so here here we come to a fork in the road Abra, Abraham and Lot and, and he shows him two directions that he could go in. And he offers him whichever one he wants. And everything starts going downhill for Lot from there. And there's some things that we can learn from it though. We'll first consider Lot's temptation... As Lot looked to the left and he saw the well-watered plains and it was off in a direction toward the big city, just looked like a perfect place to keep his herds and, to, and to, to have all of his wealth and possessions to go in that direction. It just seemed so good. And he looked to the right and it was dry and it was thorny and it just did not look very desirable at all. You know, and, and as we think about what's about to take place, Just as we all have temptations, Lot had temptations as well. And we've got to obviously see that Lot's temptation was selfishness for one. I believe that that's in all of us a little bit, but we see an overwhelming selfishness in Lot as he goes to enter into dealing with his temptation when he has a decision before him to make, not only selfishness, but maybe a love of money, maybe a love of power in Lot as he came to this place of needing to make a decision. You know, he. we can't criticize one another for having weaknesses. We can't criticize one another for having temptations. We all have them. They are different. We're tempted to criticize if our temptation is different from someone. We're strong in an area where someone is not, but... Nevertheless, we all have them. that That's not to be criticized. What's good for you and I to understand and to be proactive on is knowing what our great temptations are. Knowing what those things are that, that will just be so hard for us to resist. And we need to be proactive and prepare ahead of time that we do not fall into those temptations. Our temptations are not an excuse for us to sin. Our temptations are a wake-up call for you and I to know what they are so that we might be able to avoid those things. I know a preacher, and I knew a preacher, and I believe his temptation would have been habitual gambling. I mean, when you, when you go down to Denny's and the claw machine is broken and it keeps giving you games over and over, and he keeps playing it, looking back at the cashier, making sure nobody's seeing his endless playing of the claw game and just, and just other signs, if he would have went down to Lake Charles, he might have he uh, came back with nothing. I mean, no possessions, nothing at all. But he never went down there. He never went near that stuff because he knew that that was his great temptation, and he was going to have great problems with it. And and I could go on and on with lists of people. I know some great people of God, and and you know, alcohol might be their temptation. And, and they might they might possibly be able to love it this day if they tried it, but they have not touched it for years and years and years because they haven't put themselves in that position. They haven't been around it. So it's good for you and I to know what our strengths and weaknesses are, so that we might stay away. From those temptations, well, Lot had a great temptation before him and probably an overwhelming selfishness and a love of money and a love of power. And then it comes to Lot's decision. He had a decision to make on which direction to go with his herd, which means that Abraham, his godly, wise, more mature uncle, is going to go the other direction. He gives Lot the choice, whatever you want to do, I will go the other way. You know, Lot could have, and Lot should have, said, no, Uncle Abraham, You've done everything for me. You've brought me to where I am in the Lord today and, and you've taught me so much. You make the decision and you go the way you want, but but he didn't do that. He could have went to Abraham and said and said, Look, I, I need to seek your counsel here. I need to know the wisest thing for me to do. You as I look at this, I believe you can look at this through a more wise set of eyes and you can let me know what might be best for me. You've never led me wrong, Uncle Abraham. Would you lead me in this? But he didn't do that either. That would have been very biblical to do. That's good for all of us to do. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 15 concerning seeking counsel as he should have sought counsel from Abraham. The Bible says the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but he that hearkeneth unto counsel is wise. Godly counsel is a wonderful thing for us to have. Proverbs chapter 24 and verse 6 says, "In, in multitude of counselors, there is safety. Lot had the opportunity to make the safest decision possible if he would have gone and asked Uncle Abraham, what should I do? Well... You know, the mature, wiser Christians, they are very, very valuable to us. We should respect them. We should seek their guidance. It's a wonderful, blessed thing to have mentors in our lives. And we all need one another. And we all need to to use one another. And Lot should have sought Abraham in this and that's what we should do we should make a benefit of all the wise counsel we have around us Concerning how we are to one another in 1st Timothy 5, it says, rebuke not an elder, but entreat him as a father and the younger men as brethren, the older women as mothers and the younger as sisters with all purity. What a blessing it is that you and I can go to one another and, and call upon one another and have that time of help. Lot should have done this, but he didn't. Lot's selfishness overwhelmed him. He didn't seek the advice of Abraham, the one wiser than himself, so he took the best portion of land. He just couldn't help it. He saw it and it looked so good and he just gave into that without any forethought, without any wise, deep thinking in it and he just took the best piece of land. When we make decisions based simply on our own desires and nothing else, we can plan on things not going very well for long. It's not going to be very long that we're able to, to please ourselves and uh, to be pleased with what we've done. When we make these instant gratification decisions with no thought of others, no thought of tomorrow, then, then disaster is sure to happen. And this is exactly the road that Lot is going down. We've taken a look and had a little talk about his temptation and his decision. Now we see Lot's torture as he took the well-watered plain, as he took that great land and went off in that direction, and he started pitching his tent. And he started pitching his tent more and more toward the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah, until he found himself with a with a better place to live until he found himself in those cities city like san francisco or a city like new orleans or a city like vegas you you have a city that was that was full of immorality and 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 what we understand from lot The desire wasn't the immorality. The desire was just the the possessions and the things that he could have there. He obviously had a weakness of wanting some power and wanting some money and things of that nature. Lot didn't want the dirty immorality that was going on in those cities. He just wanted some rich city living. But he lived all around it. Can you imagine going somewhere with no Christian fellowship, and just and being in a place like that. The material stuff looked all good to him, but there was nothing spiritual for him. The very beginning of the Psalms is an area where Lot has already messed up. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Lot was standing in the way of sinners now. He was right in the midst of this whole situation because of this selfish decision that we made. Now, And from what we know, Lot did not engage actively in the things that were going on in this sinful city. He wasn't actively doing the things that they were doing, but he also didn't take a stand for the Lord he also didn't witness and take to this desperate city the word of the Lord and the truth that they needed to hear he had no godly influence there the people ended up making light of lot and his relatives mocked him Lot was more worried about security and stuff and safety than he was the souls of others. That's what his whole decision making was based on. He was saved and he was around all of this ungodliness. And what Peter tells us about Lot and this situation is that he was vexed With the filthy conversation of the wicked, and that's not talking about what just what they said. That's that's a way. That conversation is a way of life. The way of life that was all around Lot. Whenever he was there, it vexed, it exhausted him to be around it. It grieved him. He was afflicted and he was tortured just by all of the ungodliness that he was around. You know, for a saved person to be around such constant abundant worldliness, it pains and torments the soul of a child of God. It doesn't set well with us anymore once we've been born again, once we've been saved. And we we just can't do it. Look in the flesh Lot was enjoying all the nice stuff that he ended up aiming toward and 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 just uh you know steadily inched that way and he in the flesh he was enjoying this stuff, but spiritually he was extremely unhappy. The joy that the Lord gives it cannot be found in anything in this world, no matter how much of it we have that spiritual peace is not given to us by anything that this world affords us. Lot's torture here was a situation where, he, look, he had shame and dishonor weighing on him because of the decision he made and the environment that he was in. You know, once we belong to Jesus, we can't be a friend of the world without the heavy burden and and misery coming upon us. I said I said that Lot wasn't actively walking through the actions and the motions of what those in these cities were doing, but nevertheless he was living all around this sin. And that's a point that's very that's very rare about someone for someone to be around it and not do it. The, the message in this is not OK. I can be around this and I'm, uh, it's very possible I'm not going to be a part of it. That, that's not the message in the lesson. It's, it's a very rare thing that he was around it and not doing it. You know, First Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 33 says, be not deceived. Evil communication corrupts good manners. It's never going to be good for you and I to continually be in an environment like that. And there's no reason, there's no justification for it whatsoever. And where I said that Lot did not actively participate and engage in this sin, there was still sin that Lot was guilty of because you, know, you have the sin of commission And that's the things that a person does. That's the things we always think of. What someone's doing that is a sinful act. But there is also the sin of omission. That is you and I not doing what we should be doing. And that is exactly what Lot was guilty of. He wasn't doing what he should have been doing for the Lord. You know, that's what's wrong with mingling with the world, even though we do not participate in their actions, the sin of what we're not doing that we should be doing. I've, I've been blessed to be in the lives of a lot of young people, and they, they've talked about going off to college, and they've talked about the environment, they've talked about how they have to have a little livelihood while they're out, and they, just, they don't do the things that others do. Nevertheless, there there's what we're not there's those things that we're not doing that we should be doing and to be in that environment vexed lots soul and it does the same thing for the child of god now well we'll get down to closing with lots consequences because as we know god destroyed those cities and those cities were the means of his possessions, what was driving him, what drive what drove him with the temptation, what drove him to make that wrong decision, what had him in a life of torture. And now when we look at the consequences, he lost all of his possessions. He lost his wife because she looked back as they were instructed not to, and she was turned into a pillar of salt. I believe she loved the, she looked back at that ungodly city, obviously with desire for what she had left behind, and he lost his wife, she was turned into a pillar of salt, he lost his daughters to disgusting perversion. is no better way to talk of it, to just to just blanket that without going into those details. About, about, it's about time that Lot can see what's really important in life here and, and the decisions that we made based on selfishness or based on a love of this or a love of that, that, that shouldn't be anywhere near the category of, of the love of God for us and our love for Him and the decisions we can make for the very best for our families, for the very best for our children. Considering those things that you know that Lot's daughters partook in, you know, where do you think they learned that? They learned that in those wicked cities that they had been a part of. And so Lot loses here. It was a losing situation right from the, right from the beginning. You know, Lot didn't make that list of heroes of faith. In Hebrews chapter 11, like Moses and Abraham and Enoch and Isaac and Joseph, though he was saved, he was righteous in his standing. He wasn't righteous in the life he was living. He was righteous in his standing, though, because he was saved. You know, and, and though he didn't make that list of the heroes of the faith, he's, he's part of a list that many Christians are a part of today a list of making those decisions and going those ways that he went. And you know, all the things that we have in the word of God, they're for our learning, they're, they're for you and I, that we might not make the same decisions that they made, that he made. Well, just a couple of, just a couple of thoughts as we close. We should separate what we want from God's will. A little protection and a little something to strike me every time I have a decision to make. Someone, I'm not not saying this is true, but someone once told me, whatever you want, God probably wants the opposite. So slow down and seek His will and know what it is before you make a decision. Separate what you want from God's will. Our decisions must be spiritual The cost of one selfish decision could be drastic. Seek godly counsel in all things. Go to that wise mentor. Go to that one that you look up to and seek counsel when you want to make a decision and you want to do something. If we we don't want to go to that person, we're probably wanting to make our own decision. If we want to make it all alone, it's probably not the right one. If we're really open to God's will, and, and, and if we need some help and we don't have complete peace about it, if we really want His will, we would clearly go to another person. Surround yourself with right people and a right environment is what we can understand and learn from Lot. We don't realize the things that are going to seep into our lives from all areas, from the wrong kind of people and a wrong environment. Just let us consider right now in the present. I know we're not to live for yesterday or tomorrow, but today. But let us consider in the present how God might bring about a blessing tomorrow, how God might bless our future based on what decision we make today. It will make us slow down and it will make us make different decisions It'll it'll help us to get me myself and I out of the way, that we might truly figure out and walk forward in what God wants. No matter no matter if it makes sense to us at the time, no matter if it's against what we want, God's will is always best. Look at all of the things that lot could have been prevented from. I'm sure Uncle Abraham had an idea what kind of temptations and what would happen to Lot going in that direction if he'd only sought wise counsel. As we think about a life like this, you know, it it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if one doesn't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. The only, we can talk all day and try to encourage ourselves to do the right thing, to make the right decision. But if that decision has not been made for the Lord Jesus Christ, as He has drawn you to trust in Him as Lord and Savior, we're not going to be able to make those right decisions for His glory. It is it is Jesus living in us that will lead us to learn from this example and to not go the way of Lot. Well, I'm thankful for, for everyone we can learn from in the Bible. There's someone around here that says... You know it's good if you learn from your mistakes it's better if you learn from the mistakes of others so we can we can look into God's word and he's always faithful to lead and guide our lives in a in a blessed way well we had one more we had another praise report and that is uh, that's from crystal she she had a praise report for the teenagers of the church she said that we have teenagers that are actually really serving the Lord around here. And I, I don't want to leave that out. Praise, praise God for that. Another praise report, we've got a uh, Brother Don visiting with us tonight, and it's good to have you're not our visitor, though you're our guest. We hope, hope you're treated like a guest, and we love you and, and glad you're here with us. Uh, all minds clear? Or any, any thoughts tonight before we close? Anything we forgot? Well, let's remember to pray for one another Let's, uh, there's a, there are unspoken, there are urgent unspokens. Uh, let's take those serious and, and be mindful of those. Bubba Mills, would you close us in prayer tonight? Thank you for being here and God bless you. We just lift that up to you, Father, each and every need, and each and every blessing, Father, and Jesus, God, direct, and in your will, Father, and each and every life. Keep the Savior, and we we'll travel our separate ways, and all these things we ask in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Amen.